Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday, so we end your work week by bringing you the TGIF edition of the show. And that being the hottest show on the streets, the number one forum for Crimson Tide football news, in my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown. I'm a Bam Up Magazine. Appreciating everybody for tuning in to the network channel and show on this evening. Got a lot to get to, a lot to talk about. Billy O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, it's official. He is the new offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the Crimson Tide. We're going to be discussing him a lot to touch on on tonight. So very happy to have you guys in here bringing you the show from Birmingham, streaming the show to you through YouTube and speaking of the channel. Go ahead right now, run those likes up, give a thumbs up on the show, hit that subscribe button, turn all of those notifications on so that way you can have the best in news, notes, alerts, updates, and coverage on your favorite program, that being the Crimson Tide. Not only are we streaming this through YouTube, we got you covered also on Facebook and Twitter. So Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all forms of social media got you covered right here where the show is concerned. No excuse for you not to be tuned in to the hottest show on the streets, the number one forum for Bama football information. As always, got to give a shout-out to my man, John Ivory, the man, the myth, the legend, the maestro in the production studio doing his thing. And also, Tide Nation, we have a goal now. We have a goal of $75 Super Chats, a daily goal, $75 for the Super Chats. I know you guys can do it. We appreciate you guys for helping us out, for supporting us. Every time we're able to do the show, so a daily go here, $75 here via the Super Chats. Also, also, we're going to have a call question of the day, and the call question of the day will be on, does Nick Saban need to win one more national championship? I had a very interesting conversation with a group of Alabama fans, and the conversation was, you know, Saban's got seven national titles, six of those in Alabama. Coach, ba- Coach Paul Bear Bryant won all six of his with the tie. Saban's got six at Alabama, but seven overall. And the, and the uh, group of fans I spoke on this with, they have the idea of, yes, Saban has six titles at Bama, but does that seventh title, does that one he got at LSU, does the one outside title really mean anything? So they, they feel like Saban still needs to win one more at Bama. Do you feel that way? So... We will have our call question of the day coming up in the second call segment if you want to take part in answering that. Still encourage you guys to call in regardless, 205-448-1358 to let your voice, your words, your opinions, your thoughts be made known here on the show, 205-448-1358. Just wanted to kind of give a call question of the day, but definitely encourage everybody to call in to let your opinion be made known here on the show. A little bit later on the show, we'll be joined live by head coach Todd McVay, who is the head football coach at Tompkins High School out of Katy, Texas. He was the head coach for Jalen Milrow, the four-star quarterback who has now who 
to committed and signed to the University of Alabama. So looking forward to, to catch up with Coach uh, with Coach McVay to talk on one Jalen Milrow. What does he bring to the program? What does he bring to Alabama? What does Nick Saban get in one Milrow? And could he potentially be somebody to come to the program and that maybe can push and get a starting job here where the Crimson Tide is concerned? So going to be awesome to talk with one uh, Todd McVeigh, the head coach of Tompkins High School out of Katy, Texas later on in the show but before we get into the first topic of conversation here got some updates to roll out here for you guys and number one before it was before we had ken griffey jr before we had sammy Sosa, before we had barry bonds before we had david ortiz before we had andrew uh, andrew jones and some of, our, some of my other favorite baseball players of all time here we had uh, hammer and hank henry aaron we had Hank Aaron, Hank Aaron, the native of Mobile, Alabama, who uh, not only was a Major League Baseball legend, a Atlanta Braves legend, just a legend and a great man in every sense of the word. We lost hammering Hank Henry Aaron today at 86 years of age, died via natural cause in his home in Atlanta, and uh, somebody of whom... Uh, meant so much to the game to where he uh, broke the color barrier. He played in the Negro American League first, and then he broke the color barrier playing in Major League Baseball. Somebody of whom had one of the sweetest swings of all time was the home run king. He passed Babe Ruth with 715 home runs. Ultimately, he ended up with 755 that stood for 33 years, a record that stood for 33 years prior to Barry Bonds coming in and you know surpassing the legend Henry Aaron. But you know, this was somebody that meant an awful lot to the game, an awful lot to the city of Atlanta, an awful lot to the state of Alabama, seeing how he is a native of this state and, and an individual that a 20-time, a 25-time All-Star, a World Series champion in 1957, an, a, a National League MVP in 1957, a four-time home run leader. His number 44 jersey is retired in Braves Hall of Fame and Braves uh, folklore. Just a guy that meant a lot, meant a lot to the game, uh, gave his all to the game, and like I mentioned. He walked so Ken Griffey Jr., so Sammy Sosa, so Barry Bonds, so David, so David Ortiz, so Andrew Jones, for all of these other young men and all of these great athletes to run, it took Hammerin' Hank Henry Aaron to walk first. So our condolences go to his family, our condolences go to the Atlanta Braves family. Our condolences go to the Major League Baseball family as a Hall of Famer, a legend, a tremendous man of, of men uh, went on, passed on today at 86 years of age. Definitely salute my condolences to one Henry Aaron, somebody who not only meant a lot to the game of baseball, but just a tremendous ambassador and, and a man of, amongst men. Really appreciate what Hammer and Hank Henry Aaron did uh, for the, for the country and for the game itself. But 
Definitely wanted to give that an update there. Shouting out one and, and commemorating one and giving my condolences to one Henry Aaron passed away today at 86 years of age. And we throw the word GOAT around kind of loosely at times, but Hank Aaron, that was the GOAT right there. That was the real, true GOAT in every sense of the word. But we dive into now. First topic of conversation here on today's show, trying to keep myself from crying here, ha- ha- uh, up hammering Hank Henry Aaron passing away. But we look at now, it's official, folks. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator for the Crimson Tide. We, we have seen uh, the speculations. We have seen, you know, having to go around citing sources. We have, se- we have had conversations of, Will it happen? Could it happen? Possibly it could happen. But now it is a done deal. As of Thursday, the press release came out from the University of Alabama. It's been it's been put pen to paper. Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the University of Alabama, the Crimson Tide. For the fifth time since 2016, Nick Saban, and Alabama will be embracing a new offensive coordinator. 2016, it had Lane Kiffin. 2017, it had Brian Dable. 2018, it was Michael Oxley. 2019 through 2020, you had Steve Sarkeesian. And now Alabama is putting its arm around Bill O'Brien coming over from the National Football League as its new and latest offensive coordinator. So now the question becomes, we can get down into really having a conversation about what does Alabama gain in the move of hiring Bill O'Brien? What does this mean? What does he provide the Crimson Tide with? You know, what are his strong suits? What is his philosophy? What becomes of Alabama football under the helm of of Bill O'Brien calling the offense, running the offense, orchestrating the offensive attack. So now we can officially dive into this conversation right here. What does Alabama gain in the hiring of Bill O'Brien? And first and foremost, before we discuss on what does Alabama gain and Coach O'Brien, we have to talk about the giant shoes that O'Brien has to fill because uh, he takes over for one Steve Sarkeesian. And Sarkeesian, in his two years with the Crimson Tide, had a profound impact on the program offensively. We're looking at somebody of whom uh, he came in 2016 as an offensive analyst and Nick Saban extended the olive branch out there to him. You know, Sark enjoyed his time as an analyst. Uh, he was kind of thrust into duty to be in an offensive coordinator for one game in the national championship game against Clemson. Wasn't quite ready for that moment just yet. Then he goes to the Atlanta Falcons as the OC 2017 and 2018 before being brought back to Alabama for the 2019 campaign, of course, the 2020 campaign. And during his time, these last two years, uh, with the Crimson Tide, there were there was much production that Sarkeesian brought to Alabama. As you can check this out here on the screen. What Sarkeesian did, we're looking at averaging 48 and a half, 48.5 points per game last season. That was the most in the Nick Saban era that also set an SEC record. We're also looking at 542 yards offensively total per game of that season for 2020. That was the most 
of the Nick Saban era, a guy in Sarkeesian that put in 11 40-plus uh, point games, 11 40-plus point games. That was the most of the Nick Saban era. For Sarkeesian, we're looking at five All-Americans when you talk Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Alex Netherwood, Landon Dickerson. Of those guys, we're looking at four unanimous All-Americans, Smitty, Najee, Dickerson, and Netherwood. We got three Heisman finalists under Sarkeesian, Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Smitty being the Heisman winner of the group and becoming the first wide receiver since Desmond Howard, 1991 of the Michigan Wolverines to win the Heisman Trophy. We are looking at also a Broyles Award winner and Steve Sarkeesian becoming the third guy joining Kirby Smart and Michael Knoxley to win the Broyles Award and also Sark, a national champion, CFP national champion for the 2020 campaign. And also, along with all of these, all of these stellar numbers here in statistics, we also have to talk about this. Of the coordinators of the top assistant coaches that Nick Saban has had, most of them have gotten the infamous butt chewings, the infamous chewings there from Coach Saban on national TV. Sarkeesian was the only assistant where Saban never got in his face. Saban never got in his grill. He never experienced the wrath of Saban. It was because, first and foremost, scoring, you know, 45 and a half points per game, or 48 and a half points per game, excuse me, would have a great deal with that or have a great um, have a great uh, plus side to that because Coach Saban talked about it in describing Sarkeesian. He was almost rendered speechless to where Sarkeesian was so detailed-oriented. He knew what to do. He knew what his job was. He knew what his role was. And the players were so confident in the play call. They were so confident in the scheme. They were so confident in, you know, Sark's ability to put them in situations to be successful where the team was so confident in Sark's mindset that it didn't matter what the play call was. They knew if Sarkeesian called it, it was going to be the right play. We're going to we're going to run the right route. We're going to have the right pass thrown. Everything was going to be in sync. And when everything was in sync, it just made a huge deal and it allowed Alabama to be able to have the success that it had offensively. So uh, Sarkeesian leaves some big shoes behind here for one Bill O'Brien. However. Contrary to popular belief, O'Brien's a strong offensive mind. Contrary to popular belief, O'Brien has done some huge things in his own right here prior to getting the job here for the Crimson Tide. And although, to me, he was not the guy, the first guy I would have had listed here to be the, to be the offensive coordinator for the Crimson Tide, this is Nick Saban's way of saying I've gotten six national championships. I've won six national titles. Have I not done enough for you, to, for you to trust me? Have I not done enough? Have I not earned that right for you to trust the moves that I'm making, the decisions I'm putting out here? Have I not earned that right as the head coach for you as the fans, for people in the media? Have I not earned that right for you to trust what I'm doing? So, Here's the move here for, from Coach Saban and bringing in one Bill O'Brien and stating how 
being able to make this thing work here regardless of who the coordinator is offensively or defensively. So for Coach O'Brien, we're going to actually look at sort of his finest moments here prior to coming to the Crimson Tide. And he coached in college from 1993 to 2006. So he's been a part of a college game, but he got his big break, the 51-year-old, Got his big break in 2007 when he was hired by Bill Belichick to the New England Patriots. And for five seasons from 2007 to 2011, he was an offensive assistant. He was wide receivers coach, quarterbacks coach, and offensive coordinator during that time there. But, you know, in that time when he did all of those things, O'Brien, his best season came in 2011 where he literally did the best he did big things for Tom Brady uh 5,235 passing yards for Brady that was a career high still a career high for Brady 39 touchdown passes you know a passer rating of 105.6 helped out Ben Jarvis Green Ellis they were running back 11 touchdowns was a huge mentor for Wes Welker for Rob Gronkowski for Aaron Hernandez prior to his tragic death there for Deion Branch as well. Also in 2011 with Bill O'Brien, the Patriots had the number two total offense, the number two passing offense, the number three scoring offense, and the number two offense in terms of first downs. Even when it is time with the the new, for, not for the New York Jets, excuse me, for the Penn State Nittany Lions. Penn State Nittany Lions for two years. He had Matt McGloin put him in the NFL at quarterback, a former walk-on. He even mentored Christian Hackenberg and assisted him off to the NFL as well as a sixth round, well, as a second round draft pick in the 2016 venue. In his time with the uh, Houston Texans, he helped Deshaun Watson, a two-time 3,000-yard quarterback, the main issue here with Bill O'Brien was he tried so hard to be Bill Belichick. And at times when you have the student wanting to be so much like the teacher, you're not going to always be exactly like the teacher. Bill O'Brien wanted to be Bill Belichick in the same way where you, you would have, you know, coaches off the Andy Reid tree. Doug Peterson tried so much to be like Andy Reid. You're not going to be like Andy Reid just be Doug Peterson. Unfortunately, Peterson got fired there from the Eagles, and you even have had Nick Saban assistants. They try to be so much like Coach Saban. You're not going to be Coach Saban. Just be yourself, and that's the biggest thing here for Bill O'Brien. Can he come in here humble? Can he come in here hungry, motivated, because he's going to have a talent. As long as he's able to put that talent in situations where it can be successful, Bill O'Brien is going to be fine here. But that's just Nick Saban's way of showing, hey, you know, I've won six national championships. Have I earned that right for you to trust me as the head coach? I feel like Nick Saban has earned that right for us to trust him. But Bill O'Brien here as the offensive coordinator for the Crimson Tide. We take our first break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. Just getting started. Upon our return, we take your phone calls, your thoughts, your ideas, your viewpoints. Are you feeling the hire of Bill O'Brien? We'll talk about it after this. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith, brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace today by visiting WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. Throw them foes up. 
every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion, and ordering is easy. Visit Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch. We're back into the action here, folks, on a Friday, TGIF edition of the show. Hottest show on the streets, number one form for all things Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And before we go to the call line here, call statement brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, the family that is the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. But before we take your calls here, got a super chat to get to. How about Roll Tide and Rise Up? Donating that $20 here via the super chats. Roll Tide and Rise Up. Appreciate that donation there from him. But right now, we take our first call of the evening and it goes to Wayland. Wayland, man, what's going on, man? Happy Friday to you. Everybody just remember to stop and drop, eat a piece on Emily's pound cake, it'll make you rock. I'm telling you what, 1974, I was four, fixed to turn 14 years old. I was sitting in my granddad's big living room there and he had a big Magnavox radio. Uh, I mean, a beautiful fireplace, the wall was there. He's been passed away a long time. He always loved to listen to baseball. We was listening to that Braves game. Crack. There it went. 715, baby. Right over that wall. Right over the wall there, Stephen, to break Babe's, Babe Ruth's record. Man, I'll never forget that. 1974. Those memories you never forget, old bunny. Memories you never forget, and, and, and that's why Henry Aaron, Hank Aaron, one of the greatest of all time, the greatest of all time, you know, in my opinion. I mean, once again, he walked so that guys like the Barry Bonds, the Ken Griffey Juniors, the Sammy Sosas, he walked so that those guys could run and could have the success that they had in their careers. And, uh, you know, a native of Alabama, a Braves legend, a baseball legend, a Hall of Famer, it, it doesn't get any better than what Hank Aaron presented to, to to the game and to to people in general. No, it don't. As much as my granddad lived to listen to Alabama football, you know, he loved to listen to baseball too. He was a huge baseball fan. But uh, you know, the question does uh, Nick Saban uh, surpass Coach Bryant in national championships? He's got seven greatest of all times. There's no doubt about that. But if you put it in the Paul Bear Bryant Museum, he's tied with Coach Bryant six and six head to head. The old timers like me look at it like this. He's got one more to beat Coach Bryant's record. I don't want to put people down, upset them, make them mad, say I'm not on Nick Saban's side. I'm a Nick Saban man one million percent, period. I don't ever want to hear no foolish talk like that. But he's got one more to go, Stephen, before he breaks the real GOAT's record. But anyway, everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's the way it goes. That's why we're here to chat. Everybody looking good in the chat, 98. Everybody in the chat saying hello. I love every one of y'all. 
Y'all have a great weekend. Stay safe. We'll discuss Coach Bryant Monday, celebrate, uh, you know, the passing of Coach Bryant. I remember him with a smile on her face. And uh, everybody just tune in to TDA, donate. They love all y'all. They appreciate everybody. Y'all keep it going on here. I got to get this knee. I got to get this knee get back going, Stephen, where I can kick somebody's hind end. I got to get off here. John, hold that camera straight. Stephen's looking good tonight. I got to get out of here. Justin doing a great job. I'll see y'all Monday. Bye-bye, everybody. Appreciate that call and coming in from Wayne and starting us off here on a Friday. We take our next call. You are live on the show. What's going on tonight? Live on the show, Carl. What's going on? We lost that call. We take our next call, though. You're live on the show. What's going on? Good evening, Stephen. It's uh, Kevin, Dallas, Georgia. How you doing this evening? Doing good, man, and yourself. How you feeling? Pretty good, pretty good. Just had to answer your question in reference to uh, Coach O'Brien. I have to I have to say that I'm a little, um, I'm kind of, I'm not really feeling it. Uh, but, hey, you know, when it comes to Coach Saban, you know, right now he's batting a 1,000 when it comes to O.C., so I'm, I'm just stay tuned as far as that's concerned. And also I was going to ask you, sports, if you had to put a, put it on a scale of 1 to 10, uh Stephen, how would you how would you state? I mean, how would you, how do you feel as far as in reference to Kevin Sumlin uh, um, serving in the capacity that Jeff Banks did? Because I know that we need that extra extra hand as far as that Texas recruiting. I would see a, 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 on a scale of one to ten. On a scale of one to ten, I would go six. I would not mind having Kevin Sumlin in here. Now, of course, there are about three to four other names that Nick Saban is going over. Uh, in particular, you're looking at Jay Bulware, who was the special teams coach at Texas. He's in there. Jody Wright is in there also. So there's, there's a couple of names that Saban is looking at. But I would not mind having Kevin Sumlin just due to the success he had at Texas A&M. But on top of that, the like you mentioned, the recruiting ties that he has to the state of Texas and, and getting somebody that can understand these young men also, I would not mind having Kevin Sumlin. What what do you think? And I mean, just uh, just just keep it one hundred, uh, Stephen. What do you think is the biggest reluctance as far as across the board? Not just saying as far as University of Alabama, but across the board as far as how, why hasn't even in an analyst respect that Kevin Summer hasn't been hired? To be on, to be honest, I feel like people look at what he did at A and M, and maybe he didn't really have the impact that people thought he would have. I thought he had a pretty good impact, but, you know, once again, when you're coaching down there at Texas and they have the old tycoons down there, the old money down there, they feel like we should be on the same level as the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Georgias, the Floridas, what have you. And if we're not on that same level, then there's a problem here. And because someone did not, I guess, get that program to winning an SEC championship or competing for national titles, that's kind of a scar on his eye. Is it right for it to be a scar on his eye? That's not, but that's how kind of people sort of see that, being how he did not have the big success there at Texas, but at Texas A&M, we appreciate that call there, but I wouldn't mind someone coming in here. I would love to see someone get a call. I would like to see someone be addressed. I would like to see someone get an opportunity, but we will see how Nick Saban goes about doing this. But the topic actually, the topic actually uh, for, for the call-in was on in terms of Coach Saban versus Coach Bryant, and uh, 
I had a conversation with a couple of Alabama fans, a few Bama fans that go back to the Paul Bryant regime, and the talk was, okay, Saban has national championship number seven, so he has to be above Coach Bryant, right? He has to, he, he is above Coach Bryant in this regard. But going back to uh, the fans that I spoke with, they were like, well, Steven, is he really above the Bear? Is he really above Coach Bryant because uh, – you know, all six of Bryant's championships came in one area. All of Bryant's championships came in one basket. And that one basket was the Crimson Tide. He got all of his championships at Bama. Saban has six at Alabama. He has seven overall, but he has six at Bama. We only care about the ones at Bama. The one he got at LSU, that was the outside title. That was the outside championship. Do we really get that attention? Do we really give that uh, any pay? Do we really pay that any mind? And the analogy that the fans brought to my attention is, is kind of an interesting one. So the analogy they brought was, Stephen, let's say, you know, you had six children, Stephen. Let's say five of your children came by one woman. One woman bore all five of your children, Stephen, and uh, those five are loved by that woman because they all came from her. They all came from her. So she has a special bond with those five. Now, you got your sixth child on the outside by this other woman here, Stephen. Now, the, now, the woman that you got the five with, she going to love her five because those are five. She can choose to love the one outside child. And if she does, it just makes her even more special woman because she's loving the outside child too. But she doesn't necessarily have to love the outside child because it's not hers. It didn't come from her. So for Alabama fans, for the pure Bama fans out here, we appreciate the all six of these that Nick Saban got at Bama, but that one on the outside at LSU, we really don't pay that any mind. So the question becomes, does Saban really need to win one more at Alabama to give him seven fully at Alabama, or does winning one here really truly matter? So that's just a question there for conversation. Does Saban really need to win one more at Alabama to really set him in stone stone in surpassing Coach Brian? But you, but you guys can really debate that, conversate that amongst yourselves there. We take our next break here on the show. Don't touch that dial because when we get back, we will sit down with Head coach Todd McVay of Tompkins High School out of Katy, Texas, to talk one. Jalen Milrow, the four-star quarterback, coming in here as a freshman to the Crimson Tide. We sit down with Coach McVay and talk Milrow after this. At the start of the fourth quarter, we throw them foes up. But now you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter. Get your four finger bling necklace at weownthefourthquarter.com. It's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all Crimson Tide players and fans as we represent the legendary Alabama football fourth quarter dominance. Get your four finger bling necklace right now at weownthefourthquarter.com. Get yours today and stun on them haters. 
Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, folks, we are rocking and rolling back in here from the break on a Friday TGIF edition of the show. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And before we go to the In My Own Words hotline to get with one head coach, Todd McVeigh of Tompkins High School over there in Katy, Texas, we got to go to a couple of super chats right now. And the first one, how about Jimmy Big Man Clay? Jimmy Big Money Clay dropping that $20 donation to the TDA hat there. Appreciating Jimmy Clay. And also one Corey Curry donating that three ninety to us here via the Super Chat. So we appreciate Jimmy Clay and Corey Curry helping us out there on the show. But now we go over to the In My Own Words hotline where we pick up Todd McVeigh, head football coach of Tompkins High School in Katy, Texas. Coach McVeigh, so happy to have you on the show. How you feeling, man? What's going on? I'm good. I appreciate you guys having me on the show and, uh, giving Tompkins a little love, and uh, we appreciate you guys. So we're doing well. Just heading to a little vacation here for the weekend. So we got some time to visit with you. Absolutely. We got Coach We got coach Todd McVay here on the line, head football coach for Tompkins High School out of Katy, Texas. And Coach, Jalen Milrow, four-star quarterback, you coached him, you mentored him, you helped groom this young man he is and he's going to be an incoming freshman to the University of Alabama as he enters a very intriguing quarterback room along with Paul Tyson and one Bryce Young as well. But in working with Milrow, what is his greatest strength here? What is his biggest skill set? When you were able to coach him during this time at Tompkins, what impressed you the most about being able to coach and mold this young man in Jalen Milrow? Well, I think when he came in, was a, I met with him when he was an eighth grader, actually, um, getting ready when I took the job. You know, when you meet him, the, the first thing you meet is this persona. He's got a great persona, um, walks into the room, and is very comfortable in that. And the thing with Jalen is, you know, I mean, obviously, physically, it's his arm, arm strength. Um, you know, I've been around a lot of quarterbacks, and, and he's and I played quarterback, and it's the best arm I've, I've had. I've been privileged to coach. Um, but just his mindset, his skill set, as far as, you know, trying to get better all the time, always wanting to improve. Um, you know, I, I had to sometimes, as you said, mentor him, mentor him and like, Hey, be hard on yourself. Be want to, want to be great, but you know, learn from your mistakes. Don't, don't stay in them that long. We have a term at Tompkins. We say flush it. And he, he's learned how to do that over the last few years and not because he wants to be, he wants to be great. And I told him, I said, there's nothing wrong with that. I said, but you've got to learn that, you know, it's kind of like playing quarterback and cornerback. I said, you got to have the shortest memory and you got to go to the next play. And uh, 
he's really done a great job of that. Um, like I said, his persona, his being a great teammate to the team and, and taking charge. He did a great job. Obviously, it was his senior year. Um, it got better every year because he was our starter as a sophomore. Um, but it got better each year, and I look for him to continue to grow in that. You know, as we, we talk a lot about, you, your job is to make everybody else better around you and to do whatever you got to do to make that happen as the quarterback. And he's really took that upon himself this year. We had a, you know, nobody knows this in the pandemic. We, we were returning. He was our only returner. And so our old line, nobody was, nobody had started on the varsity. We did not have spring football like a lot of people. And I told him, I said, you got to hold it together. You got to hold them together a little bit until our receiving core comes through and our old line and our first football game, you know, he probably ran for more yards in that game just because he kind of took it over and, uh, did whatever he had to do to make sure we got that victory for the team. And then it started to really gel after that. And uh, so I was, I was very proud of him for that because coming through the pandemic, he led us through that. And, um, you know, we ended up being 8-0 district champs. And um, we got beat in the third round by that team called North Shore that was, I think, number one in the nation. Um, but, you know, we went out there and we performed as best we could and he led the way. And so, like I said, he, he's, and his, he's not done. You know, he's only going to get better as far as I'm concerned. So I look forward to watching his journey continue there at Alabama. So, Coach, what is what is Nick Saban, what is Alabama getting in in Milrow? Because Saban wants to see guys that have great character, not just on but off the field, uh, great production, stat, great production and in Getting the uh, getting the playmakers the ball in space and allowing those guys to make plays, but just what is what is the overall package that this Alabama program and most importantly the overall package that Nick Saban is getting in in Milrow? The number one thing you said was character. His he's got a great family. He's got a great backing behind him. Um, you know they are all about character and his upbringing and who he is as a young man is very important to them. And then it's quarterback. Um, you know, I think, like you said, that the, the, the ball can be fit in. No, there's not a quarterback in the world that doesn't like to fit it in that tight window. And they all think they can, and Jalen can. That's the nice thing. Um, you know, his skill set as far as that and seeing it, uh, seeing it develop, putting it where it needs to be. I mean, he, again, as a sophomore till now, he's really developed a lot in all of his throws. You know, when he was a young guy, it was, you know, throw it hard, and then he's just grown and, you know, and, and again, um, the, the, the thing that they're going to be able to do there is continue to mold him into what he's going to be able to do. I think, you know, obviously Alabama coach Saban's a pretty good football coach. As I was listening to your analogy of the six and the, or the <laughs> all the, co- the uh, wins with him and uh, the bear, very good analogy. I might have to save that for something later. But, you know, they, they do a great job there. Um, they're going to continue to develop the, the, how he sees the field now, you know, because like I told them in high school football, you know, we, we do with what we have, we develop what we have. I said at Alabama, they're going to recruit to put a whole lot of weapons around you. And I think that's where he's going to really, I think he's going to just explode with that. So I'm excited to see him, um, to go in there and obviously learn the offense and see what those guys do with him. 
If you're just tuning into the show, ladies and gentlemen, on a Friday, we got the head coach, the head football coach of Tompkins High School out of Katy, Texas, Coach Todd McVay, on the phone lines right now to talk one Jalen Milrow, the four-star quarterback that has signed with the that signed with the Crimson Tide. Looking forward to seeing him play and him develop in his journey here at Alabama. But Coach McVay, there are a lot of Bama fans really excited about Milrow. They're saying, you know, don't sleep on this young man he has a lot of ability he has a lot of potential he has a lot of upside when he's on the field when he's on the field and he's running an offense what do you see when he's on the field and he's operating the offense well I mean it's just the execution of it you know um and being able to now this the other thing too is you know Jalen is very comfortable to sit in the pocket you know, he's not looking to, to run right off the first read. He'll go through his reads. You know, I, I thought this year it was his – obviously it's his third year starting, but his best year of keeping his eyes downfield. Um, but, you know, when he does take off, he's going to make you pay because um, he can run, you know. But I think that's the thing with him is, you know, we he and I always talked about quarterbacks, and I'm a, you know, I'm a big Brady fan. I don't know if I'm getting haters right now for that one. But, you know, we talked about his – the mental aspect of the game of seeing everything and, and Jalen's vision across the field has gotten so much better because again, three-year starter seeing it. And I think like you said, his upside is huge. I think he's still got, you know, where he's going to continue to grow and get better and use his skill set. Um, Cause he's, he's a very strong young man. Um, you look at him and, and you think he plays like linebacker sometimes, but he's, He's very strong, agile, and he can run. And like I said, you know, he's going to make the defense be accountable for his legs as well as his arm. Coach, as much as as much as quarterbacks nowadays coming out of high school to college, they want to be able to run the football. They want to do different things to keep the offense, to keep the defense off balance. You brought it up. Milrow wants to stay in that pocket. He wants to use his arm. He wants to pick defenses apart. You know, how important is that to understand, yes, I want to be a dual threat. I want to bring different things to the table. But at the end of the day, my main thing is I got to put the ball in the right spots. I got to be accurate with the football. How important has it been for him to take that accuracy into consideration? It's very important to him. Um, you know, I've seen him do his work, his quarterback drills, his, you know, he spends a lot of time on that, his footwork, the delivery of the ball, how the elbow is, how it's coming through, how it's coming down. I mean, it's detailed, you know, and, and, and so I think, you know, for him, that's the difference. I think he's, I think, and again, going to Alabama and just, you know, watching the national championship game and the things that they do, I just think he, he fits the skill sets of the things that they like to do. And again, you know, I mean, Coach Saban's going to fit that around whoever the quarterback is. And if it's Jalen, it's going to fit around his skill sets that he does best. Um, but like I said, I, I think that's the maturity of him is being able – because a lot of guys want to take off. And, you know, he wants to go through his reads and keep looking and, and find it. And then again, like I said, if it's not there, he's going to go. I mean, you know, he made some big plays with us, you know, throwing the ball and running the ball on, you know, fourth down. It's fourth and three and something's not open. I trust he's, he's smart enough to figure out hey, they're dropping, I'm just going to get the first down. And I think that's a maturity that he has because um, he is a very mature young man uh, from his upbringing with his parents. Um, I can't say enough about them. They've done an outstanding job with him. So it goes back to that character thing you talked about. That was 
never an issue for us. He was where he was supposed to be doing what he was supposed to be doing when he was supposed to be doing it. So um, I think I stole disciplines from Coach Saban anyway, so he's already way ahead of the game. He's Coach Todd McVay, ladies and gentlemen. Coach McVay joined us live here via the phone lines in my own words. Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Yours truly, Stephen M. Smith. Coach McVay, the head football coach at Tompkins High School in Katy, Texas. Talking one, Jalen Milrow, the four-star talented young man at quarterback who's looking to come to Alabama, who he signed to Alabama, but he's looking to come in here and make an impact, carve out a role for himself. Coach McVay, very happy to have you on the the show, the talk on one Jalen Milrow. You take care of yourself, Coach. Be good. Looking to have you on soon again. Thank you. I appreciate you guys, and y'all stay safe, okay? Absolutely. That's Coach Todd McVay, the head football coach at Tompkins High School over there in Katy, Texas, talking one Jalen Milrow. Excited to see what this young man will be able to do here at the program. Can he come in? Can he push? Can he battle? Can he carve out some playing time? It's going to be very interesting to watch him in the spring and then most importantly coming up in fall camp in the fall or in the month of August here. But we take our next break on the show. Don't touch that dial because when we get back, we dive back into the phone lines to entertain your phone calls, your thoughts, your questions, your opinions. We get to we get to a dialogue with you, the Alabama fans, after this. Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace. You know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter. We throw them foes up. But now, you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace at WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. It's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all Crimson Tide players and fans as we represent the legendary Alabama football fourth quarter dominance. Get your four-finger bling necklace right now at WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. Get yours today and stun on them haters. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. All right, people, we are back in from the break on the number one ticket for Crimson Tide football news in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, appreciating Coach Todd McVay, the head football coach of Tompkins High School in Katy, Texas, joining us there in that recent segment, the previous segment, talking about one Jalen Milrow. Definitely looking forward to seeing what that young man does here with the Crimson Tide. But before we jump back into your jump back into the phone lines to take your phone calls, call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang. We gotta get to uh, our latest sponsor, and that being MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag. So here it is, people. You feeling fortunate? You feeling lucky? You feeling like you're gonna win some money? You feel like you got the skills to pay the bills in terms of making those correct wagers. Check out our guys at mybookie.ag. Make the right play and sign up today at mybookie.ag. And when you do make the right play and you do sign up, you use the promo code TDAlabama 
to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks. You can't beat that with a stick. You cannot beat that with a stick. You make the right play. You sign up today at mybookie.ag. You use the promo code TD Alabama. Get that deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. Mybookie.ag. That is mybucky.ag. Check them out today. Native sponsor to Touchdown Alabama Magazine. But we now jump back to the phone lines here to take your phone calls, 205-448-1358, 205-448-1358. We take a call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on? What's going on, Steven? What's happening with you? Hey, this is Johnny from Daphne. I seen heard you on the Riley and Constant store yesterday. You were talking to Atlas Aaron and Kenny King. And I heard Kenny um, Atlas talking about JUCO. But I had two JUCO kids that came from Hutchinson. And I've been hearing some good things about them. But they said both were banged up last year, Ronald William and L.T. Eichner. Um, they said this year they should be in the rotation. I'm just trying to get your word on what you heard about them. Now, I, I heard Ronald Williams. Now, who's the other name you said? Um, a kid named L.T. Eichner from Daphne, Alabama, Coach Kenny King coached him, and I was speaking to him about him, and he was saying he was banged up last year. Okay, he was saying, okay. you know, good, good things should be happening for him this year coming off the injury that he had um, coming out of JUCO. Now, starting off with Ronald Williams, I mean, he – she could have had some really big playing time this past year. Unfortunately, he fractured his he fractured his arm in fall in a fall camp the last two weeks of fall camp. Now he's in a loaded defensive back room. The good thing for him is Patrick Sertan is off to the NFL. So can he win that second corner spot opposite Josh Job? He'll be battling Marcus Banks. He'll be battling Kyrie Jackson and possibly also JaQuincy McKinstry. Now the good thing for for Williams is he's already got a year of experience inside the playbook. That's huge for him. But if, with his play on the field, though, if he can beat out Jackson, McKinstry, and Marcus Banks, it's a big deal there. It's a big opportunity for Ronald Williams. He's got the size at 6'2", you know, 196 pounds. I remember Pete Golding talked about it. He's got the size and the speed to be an SEC caliber corner. So this is going to be a huge spring for, for, for Williams, and I think he can do it. As for Eichner on the defensive line, I like him. He's got size. He's got power. He's got quickness. Uh, and with you know Alabama losing or graduating Christian Barmore to the next level, the thing with Eichner is going to be is can he get that technique in order? If that technique has gotten cleaned up, I think Eichner is going to have a huge play here in terms of being a, rot a rotationary guy. But I like Eichner. I like Ronald Williams. If he can stay healthy, he will be on the field. He can get some playing time definitely in that secondary as he looks to start. But we appreciate that call right there coming in asking about Ronald Williams Jr. and, uh, you know, and, uh, and Eichner there in that rotation of the defensive line. But we take our next call here. You are live on the show. What's going on? What's up, man? What's up, Uncle? I've been waiting on your Uncle Charles. I've been waiting on your Uncle Charles. What's going on? Well, I've just been sitting back listening to everybody just enjoying the show. So you let everybody say what they have to say. And then I said, once we win this night's championship, I'm just going to call back. I hate to be the one that, you know, just kind of digging in and twisted, but I am the one that's going to dig in and twist it. I told you that Alabama wasn't playing this year, but didn't nobody want to believe it. So let me just get to my company. 
I want to say this. Coach Balfrine was one of our legends. He the only one that shut the state of Alabama down when he passed away. Man, I couldn't get a cold drink. But he had that much power. And when he talked in that locker room, what a pin dropped. Well, you know that went over. He didn't get you just out there on that football field. He got you on the practice field. It would be 110 degrees, and Coach be up there with that bullhorn, and you be out there about to die out there, 110 degrees. And Coach said, they asked Coach, said, can we get a water break? Coach said, a water break? You better run that play about 100 more times. Let me tell you something. When he walked out there to leave the field and he ain't going to that foul line, he laid up against that goalpost with that hat cocked to the side like he was a true gangster. And, and, and he was a legend. No question about it. He was a legend. But it's one more legend that we got to talk about, and that's Nick Saban. Yes, he's tired about Brian's record. Yes, he's a great coach. Yes, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. But Nick Saban is something different. He's the best coach of our generation. In closing, somebody asked me, what kind of jelly do you eat? And I said, Bama Jim, what kind? Grape. Baby, it tastes so sweet. And we're number one. I know the nation hate it, but you can't do nothing about it. It's all right. And we're coming back again, station near you. Just wait and see. And that's all I got to say, bro. Appreciate that, Uncle Charles, man. Bama jelly, man. Grape jelly, strawberry jelly, don't matter. Uncle Charles is coming in here high with the call, man. Appreciate him. We take our next call of the evening. You are live on the show. What's going on? <laughs> what's up, Steven? This is Sean from Huntsville, man. Sean, How you doing, man, what's brother? going on with you? <laughs> Dude, crazy. I love it. He said, Bama jelly. That's classic, man. You need to record that call. Put you, it on the you know, you, you know what? You, you, know, you know what, Sean? <laughs> I, 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 I had a debate with myself between Bama Jelly or Smuckers, but now with like a Charles, it's Bama Jelly all the way. Bama, that was classic. Forget Smuckers, man. Bama Jelly all the way. Yeah, man. That was classic. Shout out to that, man. That was great. Uncle Charles, man. Shout out to everybody in the chat, all the brothers in the chat and sisters in the chat. Wanted to call real quick and give a quick comment on um, me and Corey Curry and Willie351 down in the chat was speaking about the receiver room next year. And it's crazy. I know we already talking about next year, man. And I wanted to kind of pick your brain real quick and see what you thought. I had heard that um, Javon, they was extremely high on Javon, but they was worried about his blocking. That's what I kept hearing. And um, I was kind of concerned with Mechie because Mechie seems like he, he, have a, he has trouble getting off press for some reason. I'm not really sure what, it's, what it is. Uh, or maybe it was just an opportunity thing. I'm not really sure. I kind of wanted to pick your brain and see what you thought about the receiver room next year. I like the receiver room next year. I feel like with Mechie, I know Mechie drops some passes, and it's kind of difficult when on the opposite side of you, you've got Devontae Smith, who rarely ever drops a ball, period. But I think Mechie grew from this past season, and getting the opportunity that he got, he's going to be, and it's going to make him even better. I think Javon Baker got better as a blocker as the season went on. I'm excited to see what he does. Slate Bowden is kind of your Mr. Reliable guy. He's not a speed guy. He's not a burner, but he's a possession receiver. He's going to catch the football. But I look at these young guys coming in, the Asia Halls, the Ja'Cory Brooks, the JoJo Earls, the Christian Learys, those guys are going to be really fun to watch because after Julio Jones and you can throw 
Kevin Norwood in there as well. Bama has yet to have a 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", guy really, really pop. I mean, Cam Sims could have been that, but injuries took Cam Sims. Injuries took Robert Foster. Injuries took Derek Keefe. Injuries took a lot of the taller receivers. So my thought's going to be, when you look at Aja Hall, who's 6'2", 6'3", when you look at Ja'Cory Brooks, who's 6'2", can we finally get a bigger body receiver for the first time since Julio and since Kevin Norwood to really become something? That's my big question. But, Sean, we appreciate the phone call. Absolutely. Appreciate that call there from Sean. We take our next call of the evening. You're live on the show, man. What's going on? Hey, how are you doing? Doing well in yourself. I'm doing good. I was going I was gonna ask you how do you feel about the running back room after Najee Harris leaving? Um do you think Brian Robinson can take that on do or do you think we'll see AJ McCollum play more? You know what? I like Brian Robinson. I think Brian Robinson can take it on and be a lead back. Uh, I think a combination of he and Trey Sanders as one-two would be really good. But seeing King and Robinson come back is going to make it really interesting because he now looks like an SEC running back. So even with Najee Harris gone, and I'm going to miss Najee because of the talent and the production he brought, I think Brian Robinson and the guys behind him, they're going to carry it on. This running back room is going to be good. But we appreciate that call, buddy. Thank you. Absolutely appreciate that call right there. Love the running back room. I think Brian Robinson's got it going. And I think the other guys behind him, especially with King and Robinson coming back, really like what this running back room is going to do here starting off in the spring. But cool topic here as you guys continuing to get your phone calls in, 205-448-1358, the number right there, 205-448-1358. But even though Alabama and the, the job that – Greg Byrne has done as athletic director, and Greg Byrne has done an outstanding job. Alabama has decided to pay homage to its former AD, Bill Battle. And an AD that I had while I was at the University of Alabama myself as a student. Now, 2011 to 2012, I had, of course, Mal Moore. And then from 2013 to 15, my graduating year, Bill Battle was the AD for the Crimson Tide. But Alabama has dedicated its sports athletic training complex after Bill Battles. So it's now known as the Bill Battle Sports Athletic Complex. So kudos to the Crimson Tide for dedicating the players facility, the training facility after one Bill Battle as the AD Coach Battle well, Coach Battle got a chance to witness the 2015 national championship uh, national championship team under his leadership, and you know Coach Battle did, did a great job uh, during his time here with the program as he served as the uh, as the athletics director for the Crimson Tide. Really enjoyed what he was able to do and ushered in, but. Happened to see that the Crimson Tide was able to take the athletic sports complex and name it after him and uh, really showing the, uh, the gratitude that they have for him while he served in that capacity. 
at the program. But we take our next break here on the show. Now, upon our return, I'm going to dive into the Keelan Robinson conversation. He has transformed his body. He has gone from being just a speed guy to the absolute terminator. And there are two reasons why Robinson's return to the tie is really, really big. And we'll dive into Keelan, and we'll touch on those two reasons why his return is huge after this. Avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan, and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies when you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection. Go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. And all right, people, we are back in from the break on the number one forum for Crimson Tide football news on a Friday, TGIF edition of the show in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And before we get into the final topic of conversation, got to shout out Jimmy Clay once again, that $20 donation via the Super Chats. Appreciate that love coming from Jimmy Clay. And folks, we are 1101. $11, $11, one cent remaining from our daily go of a $75 Super Chats. I know you guys can do it. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the support you guys show us here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. The $20 donation there from Jimmy Clay. But we are $11.01. $11, cent remaining. $11.01 left from hitting our daily go of that $75 Be the Super Chats. Appreciate you guys showing your support. And also, before we get into the final topic of conversation, got to remind you of TDAware.com. That is TDAware.com. Folks, I'm telling you, for, for, for U.S. fans, for all of U.S. fans, still overjoyed with the Tides National Championship, check out our championship collection merch. We got the merch right here. Grab you on. Well, grab you an 18 of them thing. Grab you an 18 of them thanks, folks, T-shirt. 18 of them thanks, folks, T-shirt. Hoodie or sweatshirt as well. As, as well as got our 18 national championship shirts we do, designs which feature all 18 national championship years on the back of those shirts. Head over to tdaware.com and grab those championship merch t-shirts today. tdaware.com, grab those championship merch t-shirts. Uh, the phone, uh, we got them right here at tdaware.com. Now, the, the numbers of the championship shirts are on the back 
of those shirts, all 18 of those, tdawear.com, tdawear.com. Check those shirts out today. Showing that support here for Coach Saban, the University of Alabama, uh, the student athletes, and us here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Got to know those shirts. They're championship shirts. Check them out there at TDA. But we look at now the final topic of conversation for tonight, and that goes to one Keelan Robinson at the running back position and the two reasons why it is awesome to see the return of Robinson to uh, the program after he opted out prior to the 2020 campaign due to to the the coronavirus pandemic concerns there. But Keelan, even though he did not play this past season, that does not mean he was not working. He was at home in the Washington, D.C. area training with a good friend of his. And in the training, in the weight training, in the uh, workouts, in getting himself prepared, mind and body, to come back to Alabama, he has gone from being a speed back to this brother looks like the Terminator. This man looks like a miniature version of Arnold Schwarzenegger. He is ready to do some damage. Keelan Robinson looks like an SEC back now. He looks like somebody that's going to run guys over, run between the tackles, plow through guys as well as have the speed to blow by and get by guys. Now, we all remember his 2019 season, his freshman campaign, where he had 39 carries, 254 yards, two touchdowns, and Coach Saban referred to him as the only running back with juice, with speed, with acceleration on the roster. He garnered much of the Kenyon Drake comparison, and those comparisons were true, especially when you looked at his speed on the field, getting to that second and third level of a defense and blowing by guys. I mean, he had two of the longest touchdown runs by a back, a 46-yard touchdown run and a 74-yard burst to the house as well. Now, with the, the transformation of his body right here, the two thing, the two reasons why this is huge for the Tide, number one, this allows for Alabama fans, or this allows for Trey Sanders – to take his time in the rehab. This allows for Trey not to be forced back, not to be rushed back. He can really go through the process of rehabbing the right way from the injuries he suffered there from the car accident. This is this allows for Trey to rehab because uh, uh, prior to the news of getting uh, Keegan Robinson back, the idea going through the minds of U.S. Alabama fans was, you know, we got to have Trey back quick. Trey's got to heal back fast. We got to get Trey. We got to get Trey Sanders back to the program. You know, Trey's got to heal quick, quick, quick. Now with this news on Keelan Robinson, you can now have Trey. You know, he, he doesn't have to rush the rehab. He doesn't have to work the rush the recovery process. He can take his time making sure that he's back full on, 100% at peak power, peak strength, full go here. Another thing that this allows for Alabama to do is in the event now, according to our own Justin Smith, the scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine, he does not see anyone flipping Kamar Wheaton, the five-star running back out of Texas from Alabama to elsewhere. He doesn't see anybody flipping Kamar Wheaton away from Alabama. He sees that Wheaton's commitment is strong, and Smith feels like Wheaton will sign 
his national letter of intent for the Crimson Tide come February. But in the event that somebody does possibly swoop in and sway Wheaton's commitment and sway, sway Wheaton's mindset elsewhere, seeing the uh, transformation of Robinson body-wise and seeing Keelan make this move to return to the Crimson Tide for the 2021 campaign in the fall, but coming back to start you know, in the spring, getting that spring training down, seeing this happen, if another program was to sway Wheaton away from Alabama, the blow is not as bad. Why? Because you would bring in – you would bring a Robinson back, which would put you at having six backs on the roster. Now, quite typically, Alabama looks wants to have five backs on the roster, at least five. Right now, with the return of Keelan, you're looking at six. And if Kamar Wheaton was to sign his national of intent, that would put you at seven backs on the roster. So, if with, with, with Keelan coming back, the two main things here – you don't have to put all of his pressure on Trey Sanders to come back fast, to come back quick. He can take his time. He can go through the rehab process, go through the, re- through the recovery process. He doesn't have to rush it. And upon him getting back, he would be 100%. He would be fully healthy. He would be full go. And he would be able to provide to you what he was able to give uh, on the field, especially in the matchup against Mississippi State, where he had 12 carries for 80 yards prior to sustaining the car, uh, the injuries from the car accident he had back there in Florida. We're back in Florida, that being one Trey Sanders. And then for Kamara Wheaton, if there was a situation where another program would sway him away from the Crimson Tide, having a King and Robinson would have you at the six running backs that no Alabama would have there on the roster. But for, for Keelan, this is big for him because now it puts him in the mindset of could he be that number two guy to pair with Brian Robinson after seeing what Jace McClellan did this past season and the speed that he brought to the table. A lot of people feel like, well, maybe the one-two punch could be Brian Robinson and Jace McClellan. But now looking at the bulk of work that Robinson has done in transforming his physique. Could this be the one-two punch of Brian Robinson and Keenan Robinson? I mean, this could be a situation where Keenan could be a 25-plus carries a game type of back, especially under Ben O'Brien. When you look at what O'Brien did with Carlos Hyde with the Houston Texans, you look at what O'Brien did with Ben Jarvis Green Ellis of the New England Patriots, you look at what O'Brien did with um, a young man by the name of Zach, Zach Zwinnick, Zach Zwinnick at Penn State in 2012, Zwinnick had to, uh, 203 carries for 1,000 yards on the head and six touchdowns, so we have seen in his coaching tenure, O'Brien has been able to work with different backs, get them to be 1,000-yard guys, get them to be successful. So in the conversation of, of Robinson where we saw what he did as a freshman, we saw the speed, we saw the quickness, we saw the ability, we saw the burst he brought to the table. With him now becoming more than just a speed guy, could O'Brien potentially take Keenan Robinson to make him a 25 carries a game guy. Could he make him a 1,000 yard back? That will be something to see. That will be something interesting to take into uh, consideration here. But Robinson transformed his body, built up his body, looks like an SEC back. 
And with him in here, you don't have to rush the process of Trey Sanders. And you got Kamar Wheaton, if he was, to be swayed elsewhere. You got Keegan Robinson in the fold here. But as always, Tide Nation, you want the best in news, notes, and coverage here on your Crimson Tide. It's very easy to get this. You can access this by downloading the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You can get the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store if you just so happen to have the Android phone. For your audio listening needs, we got you covered here. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Overcast.fm, TuneIn Radio, or iHeartRadio. We got you covered there. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Monday to continue the conversation that is tied football. Looks like we have reached our goal here as Devin Holden donating at 1101. Me in the super chats. Appreciate that from Devin Holden. And also Jimmy Clay coming back again with that $12 donation. So we appreciate Jimmy Clay. We appreciate Delvin Holden and everybody that supported us today in reaching that goal of $75. Me in the super chats. Appreciate the love that you guys have shown and continue to show to us here at TDA. As always, Tide Nation, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link will be in the description. Also, the print edition of the magazine coming soon. Print issue of Touchdown Alabama Magazine coming soon, folks. And if you want to get that print edition free, free copy of that print, ed- of that print edition, you go to touchdownalabama.com. You sign up, you click join, you become a member today. TouchdownAlabama.com, go over the site, register, click join, become a member so that you can be or become a subscriber so that you can get that free print issue of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, uh, Alabama Magazine that is coming soon. You can also copy that four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, courtesy of we own the fourth quarter.com. Uh, that link will be in the description also. But until next time, people, till next time, folks, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate value. Those husbands, children continue doing those things legitimately now to not be bored as the weekend is here. Be sure to get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, spending my own words. <laughs>